Live from my basement in St. Louis, Missouri, this is Coffee, Contracts, and Cocktails, where we put the real into relationships and the relationships back into real estate. I am your host, Pat, and as always, I am joined by Jess. Today's topic, multiple offers. Again. Again. Uh, <laughs> kind of touching, retouching on it, uh, just because we talked about it a while ago, but things are kind of changed around for us. Um, and when I say changed around, I mean just because of COVID. Um, it's different. The multiple offers look very different than what they were last time we talked about them. And we're still very much in a seller's market, even with all of the changing things around us. Um, houses are still going for higher price points with multiple offers and all of that good stuff. So um, same as before, but with a different twist. Mm -hmm. So we felt like it was worth rediscussing. Yeah. And so we're going to touch on real quick, and I say real quick, you know, could be a 20 minute real quick, mm. but <laughs> um, basically what we're seeing as far as um, when we have listings and they've gotten multiple offers, uh, what buyers are doing to win from, you know, offers that we're receiving. And then also the offers that we're writing for our buyers, um, ideas, things that we have seen coming in that we have tried with our buyers or at least I don't want to say pitched to our buyers because we're, we have our client's best interest in mind. I don't want to force my clients into a house that the uh, relationships are more important to us than the paychecks that come with it because we're in it for the referrals. If I, and if you do not do a good job with our clients, we don't get referrals. True. So that let's just call it a $5,000 paycheck, which that's gross, uh, you know, after, you know, before taxes and stuff. That is not worth it to me to piss somebody off by pushing them into a house that they don't want, you know, at the end of the day, they don't want, they don't like, or they overspent or, you know, resentment or whatever. I, you know, it doesn't behoove us at all. Right. <clears throat> um, where would you like to start first? You want to start listening or with buyers? Um, probably buyers, like how, what, what some buyers are writing in order to win in a multiple offer situation. Cause I think that's the most interesting. Okay. Um, as far as what buyers are writing, like on the ones that we've seen. Sure. Or even just heard about. Um, so we'll start with the more common ones and then I will tell you some crazy ones that I've heard of. <laughs> uh, and that would be for yeah. Anyway, I'll touch on that in a minute. Getting real excited about it. So, um, ones that we have gotten. Okay. Correct? <laughs> so, uh, ones that we have gotten, we have seen somebody write in, um, we were selling a regular residential home. Um, nothing, I say nothing special. No weird circumstances going on or anything like that. Just your regular old one, two, three main street that we're selling. Um, we had somebody write on it. They wrote what? $5,000 over 70, $7,500 over. Mm -hmm. I think it was $7,500 over. They didn't ask for these, any seller concessions. Um, so that's your closing costs, your home warranties, 
um, your occupancy inspections. They didn't ask for anything. They also, I say waived their inspection rights. What they did is they took the house as is, meaning, and the agent did a beautiful job of writing this offer. Uh, I, I commend the agent very, very highly. They wrote in that the verbiage is to be removed in the regular residential sale contract, which is fine, because um, the regular residential sale contract here in Missouri has provisions that the uh, special sale contract does not. So there's some big differences, big important differences, so I commend her for writing it on a residential, saying that they were gonna take it as is. Anyhow, um, them saying that they took it as is, they still had the inspection window that mm -hmm. they could get their inspections done. Which they did. Which they did. And if they wanted to walk away at that time, they could walk away and still get their earnest money back. Right. I think that's brilliant. Yeah. <clears throat> you have you have the cost of your inspections to do, to lose. That's what, that's what you're putting on. That's the money that you're gambling is the cost of the inspections. You're then paying normal price for a house that you didn't get to negotiate repairs on. Yep. But you're getting the house that you might not have gotten otherwise. Right. So for those of you listening, like if you're like, why would somebody do that? If it's, <laughs> if it's a dream home, if it is the house, if it is a 10 out of 10 or an 11 out of 10, or I even know of people who are like, I am tired of losing. I will do whatever it takes. <laughs> Get me into a house. At that point, you know, then I got to set up. That's a totally different conversation. But if it's a 10 out of 10 or 11 out of 10, you know, that's, that's when you pull the trigger like right. this. Um, when clients are like, I will not lose this house. What can I do to make my offer stronger? Right. You offer them uh, market value or above, right? So it still had to appraise out, which was another right. thing. So it still had to appraise out, which it, it actually, we have no idea right now. <laughs> um, it's a unique scenario as far as that one is going. Won't dive into that. Um, however, it kind of leads me into my next one mm -hmm. um, where I've seen people waive their appraisals. That's insane. That scares the <laughs> shit out of me. And I don't know how it's possible. Like unless they just have cash to burn and they're getting a loan because they want to. That yes. So when I've seen it or heard about people doing it, it's because they do have the cash difference to pay. So they don't care what that difference is. I'm like, man, that is, you better be ready to spend the next 30 years in the home <laughs> because like what, I mean, if the house, let's just say um, our average price point, 200,000, um, if the house, you get it for 200,000, your loan is on, let's just say, let's just say easy numbers sake, it's a 0% down, so $200,000, but it appraises at, 210 means that you're bringing in an additional $10,000 for the house. Mm -hmm. You need to really love that house. And I've been doing it for five years now. I've seen it twice. Well, I've if it appraises for that value, you'll still be able to get the loan for that much. Correct. But if it doesn't, like if right. your sale contract is for 210, but it only appraises at 200 or 205, you're saying you'll definitely bring that cash difference to the table. Yes. I'm glad that you hit on that because I was, I was going to, flip to the flip side of that coin, which you did. Yes. So if 
I want to make sure that you guys are tracking with me or tracking with Jess with what she's saying. Basically, you can the appraisal basically doesn't matter. Whatever your sale price is, you have to bring that whether you're getting the loan or loan and you you're bringing cash. Right. So I hope that you know we've only seen that whenever it's people have the cash right. sitting on the side. And again, it's a ten out of ten or fifteen out of ten. So. Um, my personal favorite, uh, related to appraisals is what people are doing, um, instead of an escalation clause, Yeah. which, um, an escalation clause is basically when you write into the sale contract, like I am offering you this amount, but I will offer you a dollar amount more than your highest offer if you get multiple. Um, and you can like tweak that as much as you want to, but it doesn't really matter. Um, some people are like saying instead of that that they will pay the appraised value of the home if it appraises higher than the sale price that you guys have agreed upon. Mm. <laughs> Ooh, sit on that one for a second. Because <laughs> <clears throat> we've had a couple this year that... Um, Have appraised buyers, higher. Yeah, that got into the... Well, we're just, we have one right now. Mm -hmm. They're what? Walking into the house $6,000 under the appraised value? Mm -hmm. Like, that's huge. That's and they're, they're paying the sale contract amount. We didn't write this situation in sure. for them. But had we, they would then be paying an extra $6,000 at the closing table because that's how they won their multiple offer situation. Right. That's, that's a fun one. I, it makes me a little anxious, but I like the idea of it. Oh, yeah. I do, too. I mean, it's the verbiage would be not tricky, but you would need to be careful mm -hmm. um, so that you as a buyer are protected, but also so that it looks sexy enough to sellers. Yep. Like, Hey, I think at that point you're basically saying, I think my offer has a shot of being under the appraised value of the home is basically what that is a effectively saying. Yeah. But, um, I know we just wrote an, I just wrote an offer for a buyer on uh, Friday and, um, what we did for that one was he is paying his, he's paying his own closing costs, mm -hmm. you know? So if you, again, this is just, if you have the cash sitting around, which not a lot of people do, I get it. Um, but it makes that bottom net to the seller look more desirable. Right. Well, the house was listed for 198 and we offered 215. Right. And <clears throat> I can say this because the decision is getting made today so by the time that you hear it the decision for this house has already been made so there's like no way that this even matters uh from a any kind of standpoint other than storytelling standpoint um so we went fifteen thousand dollars well seventeen thousand dollars over and they are getting truly seventeen thousand dollars more than what they listed for. right yeah did you guys you didn't take that one as is no yeah. i told them that it was an option and I explained it very carefully. Um, I was like, I have some reservations about it because my biggest concern is always either radon. Um, if people are, if that's on people's radar, um, is radon, which for those of you who don't know, it's a colorless odorless gas. That is the second leading long cause of lung cancer in America. Uh, you can't again, smell it or see it. It's just there. <clears throat> so, that's in the minerals um, and soil and stuff underneath your house permeates up through the floor and goes out 
where it goes out. Um, that and the sewer lateral, because mm -hmm. I, you know, I'm not Superman. I can't see through stuff. So no, I get it. The last offer I wrote, we decided to write it as is, um, just because the house was newer. It had, I think, the owner had bought it within the last like ten years or so. So we weren't mm -hmm. terribly concerned about something new, majorly wrong. Um, but we were also FHA. So I took it a step further and said, if FHA has any requirements that they want fixed for the home to sell, we'll do that as well. Ah, um, yeah, like that. We didn't win. It's fine. But when I told the agent, like that's, that's what our offer was. She was like, are they, are they conventional? I was like, no, we're FHA, but we're prepared to take care of anything for that too. And she was like, Oh, cool. So I know that it must have just come down to numbers, which is fine. Right. We made our best effort, but um, we <clears> took <throat> that a step further, and I could tell that that other agent was surprised by that. So yeah. just another caveat there. Mm -hmm. You really need to be paired up with a mortgage lender or somebody who is smart, who is with it, who can give you different options as mm -hmm. far as what makes the most financial sense for you. Listen, if you shoot your shot and you you don't get it, there's a reason that you didn't get it. Something will come eventually. It'll happen. Yep. Um, don't feel bad if you don't get it on the first try. There are people who have written 12, 15 offers on different houses who haven't gotten it. Uh, they'll get it one day, though. They'll get, they'll get it <laughs> one day. But, you know, if that's the case, then very likely the scenario is you're spending at your max mm -hmm. or your financing isn't strong enough or concessions are a big deal or people are taking it as is. So this is why we're, this is why we're bringing all this stuff up. There's a lot of things that are going into the reason why multiple offers, right? You know, it, there's a lot that goes into it and your agent needs to be savvy, really savvy. And you as a buyer need to know mm -hmm. what you're comfortable with and where you're willing to kind of play around. Um, and that's our job too, is to help make sure that you are not uncomfortable with what you're offering. Whether it's you don't have the cash to do your own closing costs, so you have to get that covered. Maybe we offer more money. If you're not comfortable doing that, we don't do that. If as is, is something that terrifies you, we won't do that. I mean, I would personally do that for myself to try and win an offer because I know enough people to come up and help with any issues that might come up, but some people aren't like that. Right. And so you have to just know what your options are and decide what makes the most sense for you personally. Yeah, I agree 100%. Absolutely 100%. It's just, it's tough out there. It is really tough for most people. Um, you need to be educated. Your agent needs to be educated. You agent needs to be educating you. Um, and you need a lender who is absolutely 100% with it. Um, one of our lenders gives out a, an Excel spreadsheet that is customizable. You can plug and play numbers so that you have a really good idea of what your monthly mortgage is going to be. And that's with taxes and insurance included and all that jazz. Mm -hmm. It's everything, which is awesome. I'm yet to see somebody else have that yep. to where you can play around on it. So love it, love it, love it. Um, from a, well, what else was from a homeowner standpoint, if you're not looking to mm. buy or sell in this crazy market, I think it's worth considering a refinance. Definitely call your, call your lender or, or your 
mortgage company do not commit no get educated on what your costs are uh everything because if you're like i did it foolishly refied my house which was stupid because i went from a 4.125 i think i talked about this last time went from a 4.125 down to a 3.875 Ooh, it sounds super sexy but i'm not planning on being here for a long time so it's between what i paid in closing costs and then what i'm saving on the refi it's going to be it's going to end up being a wash by the time that i sell so if you're planning on being in your home for like another you know, five, 10 years, it is probably worth your while. Mm -hmm. If you're planning on moving in the next, you know, 18 months, probably not worth it. Our, that same lender that sends out a spreadsheet um, also monitors that for our clients. So mm -hmm. he actually reached out to um, one of our clients in particular, and they just finished a refi because it did make sense for them, given the pricing and their future plans and all that good stuff. Um, nice. So they're saving money, Ooh. which is awesome. They were not able to refinance the PMI off yet, but I, we do have other clients who are looking into that. They bought within the last year or so, <clears> two years, have done a ton of improvements to their house. So that combined with the higher home values right now means that they could potentially refinance, have 20 to 25% equity in the home and get rid of that PMI without having to put more money down. Gotcha. Which is pretty cool. Absolutely. I foolishly did a cash out refund <laughs> and uh, paid to do renovations inside of my house when really I could have been way smarter with it, but I paid some good stupid tax and now I can instruct people to do as I say, not as I do. Now we have a point for the podcast. <laughs> um, that's pretty much it for multiple offers. I mean, you just gotta be, oh, it's, t I did. I can't harp on it enough. Just hang it's on. It's tough. Yeah, hang on. And if if you're wanting to sell and you're wanting to get a deal on buying, I'm sorry, the odds of that happening are very slim. Right. You're selling high and buying high. Like that's just <laughs> you don't usually get one without the other. So not unless you're buying, you know, like a little project house where you you know you know that you can sink money into it. If you're buying a flipped home, a fully renovated home, and there aren't any improvements to be made. You are working off the appreciation of the area. And if you don't know what the appreciation of the area is, you need to ask your realtor for that information. <laughs> that you need to be at that. You for sure need to be educated. I hope that people are still listening at this point because that's really important. It's very important. You cannot get top dollar for your home and take advantage of everything that that comes with and then also expect to get a deal when you buy your next home mm -hmm. unless you go the shithole investment route whatever you know what i mean right <laughs> yeah i mean you, this is not a i get to have my cake and eat it to market it's called a seller's market for a reason how long is it going to stay a seller's market i have no idea <laughs> i'm okay. out i'm out of guesses <laughs> Again, if we had crystal balls, we wouldn't be in real estate. I would be investing in real estate. True. But I would not be physically selling real estate if I had a crystal ball. <laughs> uh, however, things are looking, I say fine. Um, there are areas that are impacted, sure. Um, it's kind of like the stock market equivalent of where there's a lot of people who, during COVID, got into the stock market game who were not in it before. So it was throwing numbers all over the place. 
So it's, I say kind of the same thing here. It's, you know, house, a bunch of houses are going up for sale. Uh, numbers are kind of all over the place. It, the numbers are up and down from last year for different statistics. Statistics can be warped. <laughs> so as a whole, I say everything looks healthy. Yeah. Healthy in the fact that we're out there, we're paying attention to the market, and there are more buyers than there are homes for sale, which means demand is higher than supply, ergo seller's market. Uh, and I know that sounds really funny, but there are a lot of people out there who are like, the market is going to crash. We talked about that last week, and <laughs> I, I think we have the same opinion a week later. Like, yeah. no, it's oh, not. It's, it's okay. <laughs> It's okay. It is super cheap to borrow money. Um, you know, I've been listening to a lot of Dave Ramsey, and he w advises against, you know, anything besides cash or a 15-year loan. But I know that that's not really conducive for most people who haven't taken the whole Dave Ramsey thing and are debt-free and all that good jazz. Um, however, that being said, uh, well, actually, that was really it. <laughs> that was, that was it. It was kind of like a mood point. It was like a, but there you go. That's what Dave Ramsey says. I know it's not, you know, we're not trying to push you into buying a house. That's, oh my God, that's the last thing we want to do, which ties back into what we were saying at the beginning. Don't want you to buy a house if it's not comfortable. True. If it's not comfortable for you, do not buy. If selling right now scares the willies out of you, do not sell. And just wait. Just wait. Maybe the table will cool off, so to speak, um, or, you know, whatever. So you do have a gambling problem. I don't have a gambling problem. <laughs> I'm just using phrases and hoping that it's keeping people entertained uh. or that they hail back to last week's episode where we talked about me having a gambling problem, which I do not have oh, okay. a gambling problem. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> that's pretty much it. Yeah. Uh, you feel good about that. Yeah. Yeah. I've only had about three cups of coffee today, just in case you guys were wondering. And I am drinking, today's blend uh -huh. is Ma's Blend uh, from, oh my gosh, what is that company? Van Buren Coffee Company. That's right, Van Buren. Um, Van Buren Coffee Company, uh, Ma's Blend. Uh, truly a flavor that you can drink all day long. They are located in uh, Michigan, actually. It smells amazing. I've oh. been over here kind of drooling over it all it, morning. Well, the pot's gone, so this is pretty much the last of it, and I'm enjoying it. Um, You're so nice. Well, it was, you know, on the pot and ready to ready to pour. <laughs> Somebody came in with their tumbler today and was drinking, I'm assuming, water or tea of some sort. Water. Yeah. Nice. Um, yeah, so Van Buren Coffee Company, highly recommend tasty, tasty stuff. Um, they have a ton of different things you can order from them online, find them on Facebook, where you can also find us on Facebook or the Instagrams, or, you know, we're still working on that Snapchat. Oh, God. We're still working on it. Not really sure about the execution of it, but I think we'll get there. That is perfectly fine. Guys, thank you, and gals, thank you so much for tuning in. We will catch up with you next week. Have an awesome one in the meantime.